0: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get
1: your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply.
2: you have any stories of Sean Payton, maybe either when you first got to know him or, or as time went on that, that you could share?
0: He's mellowed a lot. I'll put it that way. And, you know, he, <laughs> he, he's, uh, we called him Parcells Jr. early on, but, you know, he's really grown into who he is as far as a coach. And-
3: this is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Welcome into stacking the box. A big show today. Deuce McAllister, the two-time pro bowler, super bowl champion from the new Orleans saints coming up on the show. Will DeWitt from the Chicago audible. We will talk some Justin Fields. Verram Uh, are you want to pay me that money right now, by the way? As far as uh, your your fields bet, which is just one of the worst bets in the history of football?
2: Not a chance, not a chance, but we talk about that. We talk about Kirk Cousins, and we talk about another NFC North quarterback who got a lucrative extension offer, turned it down. We have a heated discussion about how that should play out.
3: Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is coming right up on the podcast with an absolute, uh, well, consistent report, I guess, from Adam Schefter, but a new one this week that he turned down – A contract offer, which would would have made him the highest paid player in football, highest paid quarterback, which actually, I mean, that just report just reemerging, if you will. So we'll talk some, some Aaron Rodgers. And then at the back end of the podcast, Vertoram had an amazing vacation where apparently he stayed in a cabin with 10 people with no air conditioning and somehow survived.
2: It's a gross exaggeration, but we get into all that and plenty more.
3: Yeah, it's all coming up. Thank you for checking out Stack in the Box. We love when you give us a rating, subscribing, and passing it along to your friends. It is our career. It is on the line. So anything you can do for us. Verderem, would you like to beg to the people?
2: Please, for the love of God, five-star rating, subscribe. If you don't do it, my kids go hungry.
3: Exactly. Deuce McAllister is awesome, too. And a reminder that the Stacking the Box podcast is brought to you by, that's right, Manscaped, the Olympics, euros, baseball, major championship concerts. It's all happening this summer. You know what you don't want? You don't want, uh, you don't want to be unkempt. You want, you want things to be looking good down there. You're going out on a day in the summertime. You're at the beach. You want things to be as they care of. That's exactly right. This is uh, the time to get yourself the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped. Uh, Yeah. they, They like to call it the, the weed whacker ear. They got the nose hair trimmer too, by the way is 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 very much needed the crop preserver the ball deodorant the crop reviver you get the two free gifts the performance boxer briefs which i'm actually wearing right now for him have you ever worn the boxer briefs they're really good
2: i have not but i'm gonna have to
3: okay it's this nice good solid comfortable fit the shed travel bag is sweet makes you look like a professional when you're going on the road check out the brand new lawnmower 4.0 the fourth generation trimmer Featuring the cutting edge ceramic blade. Uh, Be careful, but don't be that careful because the lawnmower 4.0 is just that sweet. Uh, Indeed, go to manscaped.com, put in the promo code FANSIDED20, F-A-N-S-I-D-E-D-20, and you will get 20% off and free shipping once you get that code in there at manscaped.com. Achieve public glory this year with manscape ver we start today with the Aaron Rodgers news. He is or has turned down a two-year contract extension that could have kept him in green Bay for five years would have been the highest paid player in the NFL. No says big Aaron 12 seems more in his corner, not willing to come out and play for the Green Bay Packers this year. It seems more and more like he's not playing, which I have a hard time believing, but that's certainly how it seems, at least at this very moment, July 20th, as we
2: record. Yeah, it does. I don't think this is really new news, though. This has been kind of out there that they offered him more money in an extension, and he wanted no part of it. So, not poo-pooing Adam Schefter's uh, fine work, but I, I, he might have even been the one to report it way back. So look, this has been kind of out there. Um, you know, now, now my, my question here is, look, if you're Aaron Rodgers, okay, that's fine. You want to turn down that extension? Fine. You don't know what the structure is. You don't know what the guarantees were. That's fine. What is your end game with this? Because you're not playing anywhere else this year. You're not. Now, if you want to say you're going to retire and host Jeopardy, go for it, bro. I don't think anyone on earth believes that's happening. So, where does this go now? Like, that's the, to me, that is the overwhelming question as we sit here a week from camp, right? Like, the Packers have not traded him to this point. I highly doubt they're going to panic and trade him tomorrow. So, why not just say, look, I'm pissed. I don't want to be here, but I understand I'm under contract. I went to the team, we worked it out. I'm going to play here this year. This will be my last year here. I will give everything I have to my coaches and my teammates and the fans of Green Bay, and after this year, we will amicably work out a situation where I am trading. Because at this point, in my opinion, that is the best way for him to go. I
3: don't even think the Packers would sign up for that. And by the way, just rewinding, as we're talking right now, it's uh, 11 in the morning on this fine Tuesday, but Schefter tweeted three hours ago. So 8 a.m. Chicago time. This offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. Rodgers declined the offer. Proof it's not about the money. To your point, Verran, that this is not news, why do you think this report by Adam Schefter, whoever he's connected to, came out this morning at 8 a.m.
2: I think there's always the same reason. It's a little bit of politics in the NFL. Whenever a story comes out, whenever a leak comes out, it's from the team or it's from the player. Obviously, in this case, you could make the argument that, look, Rodgers is leaking that out. Hey, they offered me, they did all they could, and I'm not taking it. But it makes a lot more sense to think that the team leaked this out and said, we tried. we tried. We offered him. We tried to make him the highest-paid player. And look at him. He didn't take the money. Right? Like, you, you could argue it either way, but I would certainly fall on the side that the team leaked it out to Shafter. And and you know what? In the end, this is going to come down to one thing. They start camp here in a week. So like every other team in the NFL. I would be very surprised if he's there. All right? Then it becomes how long is he not there for? But ultimately if you're the Packers, do you really care? I, as long as he's under center week 1 against the Saints, do you really care when he shows up? You don't.
3: No. And he you doesn't don't care. He he doesn't need training camp. He he he's been there for 16 years. He and he knows the offense. He knows Matt LaFleur. He knows his teammates. So that's the other thing. You can't trade him now. That's that that window. If you were going to be aggressive like that, is way long come and gone. So, and I do think, by the way, this is very clear that the Packers wanted this back out there to try to win the public relations war, right? But so that's not. He's been complaining about the way he's been treated. He doesn't. He doesn't think it. He wanted them to call him and say, "We're hey, Aaron. Just so you know." And we appreciate everything you've done, and we are going to be loyal to you. But we also do want to think about our future, and we like Jordan Love a couple of years out, so we're we're trading up to get him, um, and we th- we're going to augment the the roster in other ways to win a Super Bowl this year. But we did want you to know and not get caught blindsided. That's what he wanted, and so now that in th- I'm sure Rodgers is probably looking at this like, okay, so you're going to further turn up the heat and let everybody know again to Schefter that I turned down. Okay. Contract. To, that, that's not, that's not exactly a smart strategy in my mind.
2: I don't disagree with you. All right. But now let's, let's just put the cards on the table with this. All right. It is getting to a point with him where he is going to lose the battle of public opinion because he's acting like a child. I mean, you're being paid a fortune. You're on a super bowl caliber team. Like, Okay, take the legalities aside for a second. When Deshaun Watson wanted out of Houston, it was understandable. They're a dumpster fire. They're a horribly run organization, right? Like, it makes sense why he would say, look, I'm done with this. When Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retired in their respective days from the Lions, you got it. That team was a mess. That organization was a mess. They didn't want to deal with it anymore. This narrative that Aaron Rodgers has not had had help from the Packers is just bull. It's ridiculous. He became the starting quarterback in 2008. Okay. They went six and 10 that year. Since then, here are the records of the Green Bay Packers 11 and five, 10 and six, 15 and one, 11 and five, eight, seven and one. He missed a lot that year. He was hurt. 12 and four, 10 and six, 10 and six. Then they went seven and nine, six, nine and one. He had some injuries in there too. Then they went 13 and three, 13 and three. And by the way, yes, he's a big part of that. You don't do that and win, almost, win, a, win a division title almost every year of that stretch without having some damn good teammates. And if you go – I don't care when they were drafted. I don't care what the free agency looked like. It doesn't matter. What was but, the roster? And the roster was pretty damn good for about 10 years running. Like this idea that he's somehow been a railroad. Now, if you want to argue that the Jordan Love pick – was short-sighted and they should have handled it better. I completely agree. Okay, that is on Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. They eat that 100. But let's be real in life. Okay, if every time you felt jilted by a by a marriage partner or by someone in in business, you wouldn't be in a in a partnership for more than six months. Like the idea that like he just can't get over this is insane. You just won the MVP of the league. Get over it. Here's an Somebody, idea. Okay. Go win another Super Bowl, Just you should have done last year, but you played like crap in the NFC right. title game. They took the ball out of his hands. Who cares. <laughs> he should have won the game. No, this... with three picks in the second half of that game. And, look, I agree with you. You know I do. That was a ridiculous decision by LaFleur. But that's not the only reason they lost that game. The play before they took the ball out of his hands, you should have walked in the end zone. Like, does well, he never take any accountability for this?
3: Well, hold on. Let, let me ask you this. If Matt Verderam, the great Matt Verderam, back from vacation, nice. Matt Verderaman, returning yeah. to stacking the box with his Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, Chargers pennants behind him, and he was showing off Willie Mays and Ernie Banks baseball cards before. All the him.
2: AFL teams, baby. Got the pennants Uh-oh. for all of them.
3: All the AFL teams. If you had had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback for 16 years, yep. how many Super Bowls do you think you would
2: have won? Oh no question. I would want to have one more than that, but my Thank point. You. Is, but but that's not totally fair. They they hey, went fifteen uh, and one, le- and they fell apart in the divisional game.
3: Le- okay. Let me, let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. You're mad for You're the president of the organization. Yes. The most important player on your team by eight million miles is Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Of course. Of okay. Course. Of course. So your job. At least partly is to be in a tremendous partnership with your best player. It's yes. not that hard. So you have to understand his personality, and and I'm I'm not saying his personality is perfect, and he's um, he's got plenty of quirks, just like we all do. But that's their job to not end up estranged from your best but, damn player. Agree. So. So Agreed. this
1: is,
2: and and I don't think his re, don't his look, requests man. were were unreasonable. I really don't. I'm not even saying they are, but look around like let's just take a history lesson. Look around the league, okay? Even in recent times, like it didn't end well with Joe Montana in San Francisco. Now there were injuries that played a part in that, all right, but he was he was pissed with Steve. They brought Steve Young in before Montana won the next two Super Bowls and an MVP award. Did Montana sit there and bitch up a storm and demand to be traded? No. He went out and kicked ass, and they won two Super Bowls, and he was the MVP in 1990. Dude. I mean, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I don't think those two are going out for, for a milkshake any day soon. They just kept winning. They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo. He didn't he, care. He just kept winning games. Like, I, I Do you think the Patriots went out of their way to tell Tom Brady they were drafting Jimmy Garoppolo? I've got a bridge to sell you. Like, They don't care in New England. Now, again, I'm not arguing that Green Bay screwed up the way it handled Jordan Love. And I got no skin in this game. I don't, I'm not, I don't care one way or the other, but I will say like Aaron's got a right to be pissed that they didn't talk to him, that they didn't discuss this, that they didn't go over that. They, they grossly mismanaged that situation, but at some point here, are you not a big boy? Like get over it. You're on a team that has been the NFC title game each of the last two years. Now he, he correctly was annoyed with McCarthy toward the end. They got rid of McCarthy. I think a year or two, too late. Fair enough. But they got rid of him. Matt LaFleur is now here. Matt LaFleur has done a hell of a job, has he not? They're pretty good under him. So to me, he's 26-6 and six as a head coach. He has revamped that offense. And Rodgers, by the way, has had two, uh, one fantastic year under him. And as the year went on, his first year got better and better as he learned the offense. My point is, at some juncture, are you ever just going to say to yourself, you know, I'm in a pretty good situation. Go win a Super Bowl. Go out and win one. Because I got to tell you, as great as he was last year, in the NFC title game, while he certainly was not the only person on that team that fell apart, he was not great in that game. That game was on his racket. He should have won that game. And quite honestly, if they played the Chiefs with all the injuries they had in the Super Bowl last year, he should have won that game too. At some point, it's on you, man. I Listen,
3: He, I'm not trying to paint Aaron Rodgers as a perfect person on and or off the field, but – and we're t- now we're officially talking in circles, but again, he doesn't have to be perfect because he's just that damn good at his job. So you bend for someone like that. People are always like, well, it's good. Everyone should okay. get the same treatment. No, 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 the top of the food chain who puts so many dollars in your pockets and makes players around him better. And is the face of the franchise, he gets a lot more leeway and maybe Aaron's asking for too much leeway. I'm not even going to say he's not, but again, and sure, there's been a zillion instances in the NFL where quarterbacks have gone on to play their final years of their contract elsewhere, like you aptly pointed out with Montana and Kansas City. And there's, you know, Fred Favre. Sure. sure. we I can, mean, we don't, all, all we have to do is look at Favre and Minnesota and the Jets. And we don't have to go, we don't have to leave Green Bay. I get it. Yep. But that's not, just because that's happened doesn't mean that that's the model of how you want to do it. No. Even Phillip Rivers, whatever. But, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, uh, look,
2: I'll, I'll say this, and I'll finish on this with this subject. Would you agree, though, that he's being overly difficult at this point? Like, I, I mean, as great of a talent as he is, there does come a point where even if you're the franchise, you're like, "Look, we're not putting up with this. This is ridiculous. Just stop." Yeah, but
3: oh, sure. Then, then, okay, that's the other side of it, and then we can finish this too. If look if you are if you think he's being ridiculous or just maybe even you maybe even you're looking in the mirror I'm like you know what he's right but for whatever reason I'm, we, we can't do exactly whatever it is maybe there's nothing they feel like they can do then don't you owe it to him to say hey look Aaron this is not what we want to do at all it's not going to be popular with our fan base and we're going to have to take on a lot of shrapnel coming at us but if you really don't want to be here for everything you've done, where do you want to go? Uh, or we'll trade you. We're going to make the best deal possible. Want it, like, just do go go down that road then. go That that would be an integrous move, would
2: it not, at this point? I mean, I just think if you're the Packers, you're going to kindly tell him that's your problem. See you in September. And if we don't see you in September, fine. Then you're going to pay us back some money. We're going to find the daylight Chaddy. That's what's going to happen i I, I think after this year he's gone. I think after this year they will sit there, they will line up every suitor they can, and they'll trade him for the highest possible bid, right? And that's what they ought to do. But for now, I think the Packers are just going to sit there and say, "Look, what other option do you have? You don't have like in the end. You always hear these people in the media, the, the part that we're of that I I'll never understand the the, the thought process. Of, well, that he's got all the leverage. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't." The Packers control his rights. They have no the leverage. And if they don't want him playing somewhere else, he can piss and moan and kick the tires all he wants. He's going nowhere. Nowhere. And I think that's how the season ends. And then I think he will be traded next offseason. So, to really wrap
3: up this topic, and we've got Deuce McAllister coming up in two minutes here. Deuce coming up and then – we will uh, talk some Chicago Bears. Will DeWitt will be with us uh, coming up here as well, right after Deuce. But so you're Jordan Love. You're sitting on the sidelines. You're watching all this. You're seeing contract extensions, uh, highest pay. You're, you're, you're seeing your life uh, as a backup quarterback being extended. Are you calling up Brian Gudenkunz? Say, hey, dude, uh, appreciate everything you're doing. I get that you love Aaron, but I want to play football. Can you send me
2: somewhere? I mean, I'm not calling him, but my agent sure is because if if you're trying to extend Rodgers throughout the length of my rookie contract, you clearly don't think I'm any good, right? Like, like if you had, let's just, let's just say, I'm not saying he's Mahomes. Okay. Let's say the Packers thought that Jordan Love was Justin Herbert. Would they be sitting there trying to extend Rodgers for years on end here into his forties? No, they wouldn't. They'd go, all right, Herbert's not Rodgers, but he's pretty damn good. Like, well, it's fine. We'll, we'll do that. We'll go that route. So, I think what it tells you is the Packers don't think all that highly of of, of a player that they drafted a year ago in the first round. And I also think it's telling that have you looked around and noticed that nobody seems to ever say anything real positive out of the media about Jordan Love? Like nobody's gone out of their way to big man. Watched him in camp, dime after dime after dime. Or, hey, I talked to a source at the Packers. They're enamored with him. They can't wait to see him on the field. You've heard none of that. None of it. I remember when Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. There were people in camp that year who were like, "My God, this kid's unbelievable!" You know, you even heard that. I mean, you heard that with Burrow last year. Hey, this kid's going to be big time right away. You don't even doesn't mean Jordan Love can't be. It just, I think it's if I'm Jordan Love, I'm thinking, "Do they really want me? Do they really love me?" Because doesn't maybe seem that way. Yeah, I suppose, but
3: we didn't have training camp. We didn't have exhibition games. Sure. All good points. It's it's, there's just been a lack of an opportunity for him to put some shine on the old Jordan love Jersey, if you will, to get people talking about him, but let's take a quick time out right now. And let's bring in Deuce McAllister coming back here. Our conversation with Deuce, which does include some Aaron Rodgers and his experience with a young Eli Manning at Ole Miss. And of course we stop in new Orleans Uh, with Drew Brees, uh, what he was like when he got there, and what it looks like for the Saints moving forward without Drew right now. Are they ready? Deuce McAllister, the two-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion from the New Orleans Saints, coming right up.
1: Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, (laughs) nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents.
3: Hey, uh, let's let's talk some SEC here, and I want to get the NFL as well, but... uh... There was media days yesterday, and, and the uh, commissioner uh, Greg Sankey was talking about d- diversity, trying to create more of that. And, and there are no black head coaches right now in the SEC. And also, uh, we're looking for more athletic directors. And Deuce, you you know this well. You know, being an old Miss guy, uh, this is obviously the right direction. Uh, is it been a frustration point for you that uh, more people, more black people, have not gotten chances to be head coaches in the SEC?
0: I think probably from a national level, I think you probably are more frustrated here in the South. You know, obviously, we've had some African-American as far as coaches uh, that have been a part of the SEC. And, you know, obviously, you know, at the end of the day, I know what the the main thing is, is can you build a program? Can you win? Can you win consistently? And, you know, just depending on that program, that's going to take time. And so, you know, right now in today's society, I don't know if uh, you're committed to the time, that it may take to build a certain program depending on what what they're facing as far as maybe lack of talent, maybe, uh, you know, probation, uh, some of those issues and things that you may be looking at. And so, you know, I, I can understand from an SEC standpoint and obviously from a national standpoint, but I think at the end of the day it has to work hand-in-hand hand with the administration as well as uh, with the community as far as the football community and his staff at, as well as athletic director.
3: So, so you don't think the conference has been – a little slow in this department is that is that too is that unfair
0: i don't know if it's the conference's deal you know i know the conference can make some recommendations but at the end of the day it's going to be the institution's call and so you know there's only probably so much that a conference-wide they can do and they can push you know uh you can you can do some recommendations etc but at the end of the day it's going to be an institution call and that's probably more so where the athletic director and the president to be a lot more involved as well as your stakeholders as far as your know, board of
2: trustees etc
3: yeah it, it makes sense uh verem you want to jump in here with some uh yeah. wherever you want to go really
2: well yeah i, I think you know sticking with the SCC you know deuce i wanted to ask you about your playing days at old miss and, and one of the guys it was a teammate of yours maybe a little briefly but was a teammate there was eli manning and i'm curious you know what was what was it like to be a teammate of 18, 19-year-old Eli Manning. What kind of guy was he, you know? And that, now I bring that up because he and his brother Peyton will be doing the simulcast of Monday Night Football over on ESPN2 for a handful <laughs> of the games. And I'm just curious what your what your uh, thoughts are both on that and, and just what kind of guy Eli was and if you have any you know, stories that you remember about him in your days in Oxford.
0: Big Easy was young and immature, you know, like <laughs> probably any – 18-year-old, 19-year-old uh, young man is. And so for, for him, it was about learning. You know, there we obviously know what he turned up to be as far as a player, not only at Ole Miss, but in New York as well. But at that time, you know, he was just – he was a freshman. I was with Eli his freshman and retro freshman year. And so, you know, you got to see him grow. You got to see him mature. And so – Uh, You know, I I don't think it was any different from any other uh, young man that was, you know, away from home for the first time. And, you know, I'm not under my mom and dad's, uh, you know, roof, and I can go out and kind of – hang out and be one of the boys. And that's really what Eli did. You know, uh, at that time, Peyton had not reached the ultimate level as far as success that he was kind of going to achieve. So for Eli, it was more so, Hey, look, you know, I'm I'm coming in, I'm working hard. I'm going to learn, I'm going to make some mistakes and then I'm going to have fun off the field. And so, it was pretty interesting. Uh, we're still pretty good friends, and so I'm, I'm happy for he and paid for the uh, work that they will do on Monday Night Football with the uh, Simulcast, uh, some of the things that they're going to be able to do with ESPN, and it should be a pretty good product.
3: Deuce, what's your take on – the conversation around the vaccine right now, uh, there's a, you know, they're saying in the SEC at least that, hey, if you're if your team doesn't have enough guys to play, well, then you're, we're not rescheduling the games. Um, you know, what do you think is the best way, I guess, to to move forward right now the way you're saying it?
0: Well, I think, you know, obviously uh, the SEC stance last year was a lot different from them, what it is this year and how they're going to kind of go about their business. You know, I think at the end of the day, they're going to do what's best for the uh, conference overall. And so, you know, uh, I I think when you look at it from an institutional standpoint, one of the things that they're going to have to make sure as far as from a testing standpoint, uh, that's something they know the SEC rule. I think last year there was a limit or threshold that you had to have a certain amount of players. This year it looks like they're not going to be uh, doing that. And so if you only have 40 guys available, uh, if you can't play, Uh, it's basically going to be a forfeit. And so uh, in a sense, they're not mandating it, but in so many words, they are kind of pushing it to that way because uh, you got to have the bodies to be able to go out there and play. And so, you know, there, there will be some conversations that a lot of teams have, you know, uh, in-house of how they're going to handle it, you know, whether they're going to make their guys get uh, the vaccine or, you know, obviously the testing is going to be a lot more rigorous.
2: You know, Deuce, when, when you go into the NFL, obviously you had pretty immediate success, a couple of Pro Bowl seasons, although the Saints themselves struggling along early on in your career. And then they, they went out and they signed Drew Brees, which in hindsight, of course, is arguably the greatest move the franchise has ever made. But at the time, he's a guy who was coming off of an uneven career with the Chargers. He's got the shoulder surgery. What were your thoughts at the time when, when the Saints brought in Drew Brees?
0: Just win you know, just when I think, you know, that was the, the biggest thing for myself. And then also, if you go back and remember, that was right after Hurricane Katrina. And so there was a lot of uncertainty around us as far as a franchise and organization. And, uh, you know, I, like you said, I had had some personal success, but not a lot of team success. And so, you know, to be able to bring in a guy of Drew Brees' character and, you know, what he had done, obviously, at Purdue, what he was able to achieve uh, in San Diego. And, you know, you, you talk about having them draft. Philip Rivers. And so there were some, uh, you know, some career wise, there were some challenges there. And so for him to come in and just be a leader, and obviously we know how the story, you know, kind of ended. But at that time, it was like, hey, look, I just want to win. And so if he could come in and help us do that, then I was all for it.
3: What do you think the uh, franchise looks right now without Drew? Are they ready for this?
0: We'll see. You know, I know that they've been able to play a a couple of games the last couple of years. You know, uh, you've had some pretty good success with uh, Drew missing some games over the last two years. The team has been successful. But now you talk about long term. And I think the biggest thing for those guys is there's still enough talent on that roster that they can go out there and be competitive. And so we'll just see. I mean, uh, you know, obviously it'll be different. Uh, You know that he won't be able to come in and save you as far as a a team is concerned. But at the end of the day, there's enough talent where – guys have to step up and you know really be able to go out there and be dedicated to it but uh we'll we'll see how it ends
2: well Drew Brees is gone Sean Payton is not still very much the head coach and I'm curious you know you played under him for a few seasons there um what was it like playing for Sean and do you have any funny stories because I I've I've interviewed Sean a few times met with him and he's a pretty interesting guy he can be can be funny when he wants to be like what you have any stories of Sean Payton, maybe either when you first got to know him or, or as time went on that you, that you could share?
0: He's mellowed a lot. I'll put it that way. And, you know, he, <laughs> he, he's uh, we called him Parcells Jr. early on, but, you know, he's really grown into who he is as far as a coach and how he coaches a team. And, you know, the last couple of years he's had a veteran team. And so you can coach those guys a little bit different, you know, and just talking to him, getting to know him, you know, his coaching style, playing for him. You know, at times he has to be tougher, you know, just because of the guys that he has. But, you know, having certain players on his team and letting them be able to leave, that's what he prefers. But I can tell you right now, he's fired up for this team and, you know, the opportunity that they have just to be able to go out and prove and show that they can win without Drew. You know, I know it's not something that uh, he probably prefers, but he likes the challenge as well.
3: Deuce, we're going to make you weigh in on Aaron Rodgers. I've got him on the line right now, and he's asking you, hey, they just gave me an offer highest paid player in football. I turned it down. I'm not sure if I did the right thing. Deuce. What do you think? What, 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 what would you tell Aaron?
0: What's the structure of the deal? You know, highest paid is that for one year? What is the structure of the deal? You know, you look at the Patrick Mahomes deal and you know, on paper, it looks great. There are a couple quarterbacks that will get a higher average per year than he will, as far as immediate money. So that's the biggest thing, Aaron, you know, uh, Obviously you've been successful there. The team is very, very good. There's a lot of pieces still there that you can win with, but you know, what's the structure of the deal. And so from a financial side, that's what I want to know. Highest paid sounds good. looks good, but what's the payout of the funding and what's the structure of the deal. So it sounds
3: like, (laughs) it sounds like you say, Hey man, play football. Don't, 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 you know, squeeze, squeeze as much juice out of the lemon as possible.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that, that that's the case, but I think it's a little bit more than that with him in the situation. I don't know if it's just about the playing football side. He's fine playing football, but, I mean, obviously he wants to be compensated as one of the uh, highest paid quarterbacks. And if you see some of the deals that have been signed, you can understand it. But, you know, some of those deals also, that's when those guys were up. And so you can't, you can't kind of control that, so – uh, I, I think he will get it worked out. You know, uh, it would be uh, disappointing if it's not there in Green Bay.
2: Last thing quick for me, Deuce, really appreciate your time. Uh, you, ha- you went to two Pro Bowls. You have a Super Bowl ring. When you look back at your career, what is the moment to you that stands out the most?
0: Uh, The Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, that that that's probably the highest for any athlete just to be able to be a part of that, be at that moment, to be able to say you are a world champ. You know that that's one of the highest. You know, I still probably remember my first touchdown scoring against the Atlanta Falcons. You remember the reopening of the Dome as far as after Katrina. But I mean, obviously, it's in Miami and it's being a part of the Super Bowl winning team in 2009.
3: Gentlemen, we appreciate the time. Let's go cook up some Johnsonville brats right now, whatever, or whatever your choice of meat would be. Uh, great to see you. Look forward to talking down the line.
1: How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.
3: Thanks to Deuce McAllister.
2: Anything stand out there for you, Matt Verteram? I thought the stuff with Eli was actually pretty funny. You know, the nickname and just, you know, can you imagine Eli Manning being immature and a partier? That kind of, just it, just the image of it kind of cracked me up. Because I picture Eli being that kid in college who just kind of hung out, had a cup of noodles, you know, watched, watched Seinfeld and went to bed at 8. Apparently not the case.
3: Well, that could be perhaps our, our next guest who's doing a phenomenal job, the founder and host of the Chicago Audible. Uh, Nicholas Moreno's, is one of his partners. Uh, we've had Nick on a bunch of stuff here. Uh, th- this man, uh, Will DeWitt, comes out of Indiana University. Uh, hey, Will, were you, were you crushing ramen noodles at, at IU and having
4: fun like Eli was at Ole Miss? <laughs> Maybe not as much fun as Eli. Uh, I actually was one of those weird students where I went to IU Uh, Already married. Uh, So I took a weird longer path. My wife is a few years younger than me. So I did like community school. Got some of those general studies out of the way. So by the time I got to IU, uh, a little bit older, uh, at least from a maturity level, but definitely ramen noodles uh, was a staple for us uh, throughout those years.
3: It's definitely a different path. But as long as you didn't say that I went to IU for the football, you know, that would have been completely, you know, uh,
4: uh, unheralded un- un- in the
3: history the of Indiana tragic. University
4: <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right if I had to choose a single Big Ten school I think if I would have what went to Rutgers that would have been the only worst case scenario yeah. at yeah. least at that time but IU football has changed just a little bit it's, it's true it's true
3: That maybe my my shot at IU football is perhaps unwarranted in, in recent note and is Rutgers really in the Big Ten same thing with you Marilyn uh Hey, Will, Every we're here for you to talk some Bears and some NFC North with us, and so we appreciate you taking time. Uh, everybody wants to know when Justin Fields is going to start, so why don't you tell us when he's going to start? What You got well, week one or
4: week week never? Week one or week never. Well, if I had to choose between the two, I'm choosing week one. Just throw him into the fire. If, I, if the other only choice is never. If we can find a happy medium, though, Mark, I would probably prefer – Somewhere around week eight just makes sense to me. Uh, The 49ers, uh, we actually talked about this in our previous episode, Countdown to Camp quarterbacks that we recorded last night, came out today. And, yeah, I just feel like somewhere in the middle of the season, the Bears are going to see that they're a quarterback away. And when I look at the Bears' schedule and the week previous to that, the Buccaneers, who the Bears beat last season, I feel like if that game's close and they just feel like, hey, we're one player away and that's Justin Fields, that gives Matt Nagy all the ammunition that he needs to pull that trigger. And after about a month or two of just going through game prep and film study and watching these defenses, I feel like that just, to me, feels like the right time.
2: Carm and I have a running bet that <laughs> I believe fields will start before October. And obviously you're on the side of Carm. Because it, he won't. Now you guys are both bears guys. Yeah. I just cover the whole league. Um, so I don't have that, that hyper folks on the bears. I look at it and say, if Matt if Justin Fields is good and he's what you expect him to be in camp preseason, how like if you're the Bears, you're really gonna look at him, do that, and then look at Andy Dalton and just go, no, you know what? Let's roll with Andy Dalton for a month and a half. Let's give that a shot. Like, I I just can't imagine, especially with the pressure that is on that organization. Like the Bears, they desperately need this year to be a good year. Ryan Payton, this can't be six and eleven. This can't be seven and ten. Same is true for Nagy, right? So if I'm them and Fields is is lighting it up in preseason and he's looking good in camp and he's got it under control. I'd be gay. Like, hey, week one, buddy. Maybe I let Dalton play week one and get smoked by the Rams defense and just go, all right, week two of the Bengals. Here you go. Like I I just can't believe that if he's ready. That he's not going to play. Most rookie quarterbacks now, they play pretty much right away. They just do. It's just the trend of the league the last 15 years.
4: We'll explain to him why I'm right and Verter Ram's wrong. Go ahead. Yeah, patience always perseveres. Uh, there's no reason to throw him to the wolves. If you have a surrounding cast, they can still win you games. Even if he's, quote, ready, I still believe that he can be more prepared. And again, you have some of those defenses early on. It's a tough schedule. Uh, I'm not saying the tough schedule is tough enough where I would totally give them a red shirt year. I would love to get them some on-field experience this season. Uh, to, but again, I feel like Andy Dalton is going to win you enough games. They're going to be serviceable enough to kind of get you to a point where if you're ready to take that next step and heck you throw Justin Fields in mid season, that's going to give that team a spark that maybe wasn't there earlier that can really sustain itself for the rest of the year, maybe into the postseason just for the record
3: on the never thing, I think I need to clarify myself here. I didn't mean never, never, never. I meant never as in this year, like from week one, which I think is obviously not going to happen to week. He doesn't play this year and starts, you know, week one of 2022. I don't think that's happening either. Uh, but I do feel very confident in, in our bet, and I wanted to have Verder. I have to jump and do the polar plunge because he's, he's certainly not playing in September. I would be stunned, uh, but he's, like, I think we all know he's going to look better than Andy Dalton in training camp. That's not going to be something that's going to surprise Matt Nagy and company, but to, oh, I, maybe you should touch on what VerRam saying. You're like the bears have to have a big year. I don't think they do. I think that Virginia and company, they love Ryan pace and Matt Nagy enough that listen, if they go seven and 10 this year, but fields comes in mid season, he shows progress. That's
4: enough for them to keep their jobs. Without a doubt, they wouldn't have given them the draft capital to move up in there to get Justin Fields. And when you draft a quarterback as high as the Bears did, that buys you time. Even though Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy were on the hot seat entering this offseason, a lot of fans were calling for their heads. Now that they found the next franchise guy potentially here for the Bears, you have to give them the opportunity to see what they can do to develop him, whether it be building the team around him, which they already have a pretty solid team on both sides of the ball, or just giving him the time to work with Coach Nagy. I feel like if you have a bad year and you want to play a patient and you let them walk, you're doing Justin Fields such a disservice because now he has to learn a whole nother offense. Now he's going to be even further behind the eight ball. And instead of, if you just let him sit, as much as that would suck as a Bears fan to just know he's waiting, but if Andy Dalton's playing out of his mind, then he's earning himself a huge contract next season too, somewhere else. Well, that worst case scenario, again, worst case scenario is Know you throw them out into the wolves now, you end up having to jump ship because the record isn't where you want it, and then you let them restart all over again. That was something I'd never want to see here in Chicago.
3: You hear that for him? Job preservation, he sits later, then you bring him in. It
2: keeps them hired. I'm a big believer in pressure. And if the Bears go out and get beat 24 to 3 against the Rams, because Andy Dalton's out there throwing for like a buck 20 and two picks the pressure is going to be overwhelming early on. Now, I'm not saying the Bears just immediately cave in, okay? But pressure matters. There was no fans last year, right? Like, last year was a totally different year. You're not getting booed at your home stadium. You could be losing 45 nothing. not that the Bears were ever doing that in a game, but they that could be happening. You're not going to get booed. This year, if things don't go well early, they are going to be hearing it from all sides. I just... Look, maybe who you guys cares? are right and I'm wrong. I think I think pressure is going to be a massive thing. Especially if look, if Fields doesn't look good in the summer, that's one thing. Then I think it's like all right, he needs to have some time. And if he looks really, really good early, you're gonna have fans who are going, Why the hell is he on the bench? Even if even if you guys don't feel that way, you're gonna have a lot of fans in Chicago who are like, What are we doing? Why is he not out there? I'm sick of this. I've been waiting for a franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman. Get him on the field. Yeah, and I think that Nagy and Pace are under a lot of pressure to do it.
3: You can't care what Rocco in section 422.
2: Row you can thir- if it's 70,000 strong. 70,000 strong. And our, and our guy Danny Parkins is just getting lit up on the airwaves day and night. Like, I, Look, man, you, you and I both know that that is reality, though. That does happen. Not, I'm not saying it happens like an overnight thing, but if it's day after day, week after week, and you're getting, you know, hey, fire this guy, get this guy out of here. That stuff does matter at some point. It always does, it always has, and it always will.
3: Will, weigh in on the pressure that you're seeing on the organization.
4: Oh, it depends on what happens, right? If they're still winning games, I think the pressure is going to be somewhat minimal. There's going to be angst, but I wouldn't call that pressure. Then if you end up losing consecutive games, if they go on like a three-game skid, whether that be early in the season, middle of the season, then you can start thinking about making that move. But if they're still – A, in contention of all these games and winning more than they're losing, I feel like there's not that pressure. I feel like fans will have some anxiety because they're nervous. They're excited. They want to see fields actually out there playing ball. But if you're winning, you can't argue with the results. And you just kind of – it gives you more time, as we were talking about earlier.
3: I mean, look, you lose to the – to the Rams. And the Rams
4: have, they have the number one defense. Like, can right. you, if, it fall, yeah, I don't you, know. You, you
3: lose at home to Cincinnati and you're 0 2. It, it'll, it'll get hot. It will, um, depending on how it goes. If Andy Dalton throws three picks against his former team, the Bengals, and you lose 24 to, to 12, okay, then, then it's not going to be a, a great, uh, Monday, September 20th in Chicago, as far as the, you know, the bears conversation goes. And then the next week you go out and you lose to Cleveland and now you're zero three. That's why I think like, okay, fine. Maybe the earliest he could start is Detroit at home on October the third. But you know, that's the same way that you did business with Mitchell Trubisky. You, you, You went out and made a moronic signing and and brought in Mike Glennon who could never play, but somehow Ryan Pace convinced himself that he could, and then he sucked. And like, okay, Mitch, get out there. In in week four, when Mitchell Trubisky needed every – benefit of every doubt and as much time as possible to learn the system because one of his biggest weaknesses was upstairs. He, he wasn't some guy that was just going to immediately pick things up. So they, they did him. I'm not saying he would have been great, but they did not take care of him well. And, and fields is by all accounts, like the super smart guy who's getting ridiculous scores on all his tests. So maybe, maybe it matters less with him, but I still think you want to protect the guy. Uh, which is how Will started this, by the way. Uh, Let's move to the division. Uh, We got a question on the docket here today for you, Will. Do you think the Vikings are a sleeper, or is this the same old Vikings?
4: I feel like it's the same old Vikings. Uh, I don't think they've did anything this offseason that really moves the needle for me. Uh, I don't think they're going to be bottom of the division or anything of that nature. I just don't see them really seriously contending again they haven't made a ton of moves or losing a lot of that defense that what made it as powerful as it was uh, a few years ago and i think Kirk cousins best friend is a good defense and if you don't have a defense that's you know top 10 maybe top 5 in terms of points allowed i don't think cousins is someone that's going to go out there and just win that team a whole bunch of games
2: i think with minnesota I like what they did defensively. They get Michael Pierce back from the opt-out list. They, they get Dalvin Tomlinson. They bring in Rashad Breeland and Patrick Peterson. Peterson's not who he once was, but he's a good number two corner. Like, I think they're better. The, the question I have with Minnesota, and the question everybody has in Minnesota, is Cousins. And, and, and I think the Cousins, the cousins question at this point has been answered. He's Derek Carr in the NFC. Like, he's fine. He's fine. He's not terrible. He's not a bad quarterback but he's not a top 10 guy. He's probably somewhere between like 12 and 15, somewhere in that range. I do like Minnesota. I think Minnesota gets back to the playoffs this year. Now, do I think they're on the same level as some of these teams in the NFC West or Tampa or Green Bay, if if, if Green Bay has a Rodgers who's committed? No. Um, But I think the Vikings are going to be back to being what they were a couple years ago, which is a team that could go in and win a playoff game, be a problem. But again, it comes back to Cousins. If they had if they had a quarterback who is a top eight, like they Dak on that team, they would be really dangerous because you have Thielen and Jefferson and cook. They've, they've invested in that line with Bradbury and Darishaw. They have a good defense. I think anyway, on paper here, as we get lined up for, for 2021, but cousins holds me back from saying they're a contender I do think, however, they're a playoff team this year, and I do yeah. think that they're you know, a 10-win team, something right,
3: like that. Right. I think they're better than the Bears and better than Detroit, and they could be better than Green Bay, depending on what happens in Green Bay. We started the podcast today, Will, uh, talking Rodgers, just uh, without being super long-winded here because we got two other topics for you. But I'm just curious. Do you think he plays for Green Bay this year? What's your take on that?
4: Yeah. Uh, I've been asked this a couple different times, and I've been on uh, some podcasts throughout the summer, the offseason, and I-, I always feel like in Green Bay – they need news. They need something to talk about. And every year, I feel like there's something going on between Rodgers and the organization, or Rodgers and his coach. And then we get the training camp, and then you hear about quote tension, and then get the week one, and then it's just business as usual. I just feel like it's always a a news topic, a talking point for people to kind of just use for Green Bay because without it, no one would be talking about
3: it. that. That is a good Bears haze. It's sleepy green Bay, Wisconsin. And what the hell do you guys have to do up there? So you might as well just create some controversy every off season. I see you well, but you know, just to, to, represent my Wisconsin peeps out there, all you got to say is, yeah, we, but, but we're the Packers and we're the Brewers and we're the bucks and you're the bulls, the Cubs and the bears, right? I mean,
4: Wisconsin, well, I'm a has- Sox fan. So you left them out.
3: Okay. Well, and see I because my point is less strong with the White Sox who actually have a chance to win the World Series this year but you know I, I understand I, yeah right we, we, we got it hey uh a little bit outside of the north do you think Deshaun Watson we have other what will suit up for a single game in 2021. Veram, you want to go first on this one what's your what's sure. your thoughts
2: uh I don't think you will I think I think the commissioner's exempt list is going to be playing a factor here shortly because for anyone who doesn't know you can be placed on that list you are effectively suspended with pay. So until all of his legal matters are sorted out, and we really don't know what stage those are in, um, you know, we all remember now, of course, that that almost two dozen women uh, have have alleged misconduct with Watson. You know, most of those are civil suits. Um, I don't think the NFL is going to take him off the commissioner's exempt list once he's placed on it until – everything is is completely taken care of and when you're talking about that many civil suits and issues and whatnot i think it's going to take a while i don't think this is just going to all of a sudden hey everything's done and taken care of i I think we're going to be we're, we're going to be looking at this for quite some time and obviously we're all kind of shooting blind here a little bit because you know legal legal troubles can be very um individualistic but I, I think we're probably looking at him not starting the season with the team, and I don't think he's going to be playing any day soon for the Texans.
3: Will I want you to go back and you, you can weigh in on that if you want, but I just want to if we listen back to the Chicago Audible in 2017 and you guys have been around since 2015, and the Chicago Audible is awesome for all your Bears conversation. You should be listening. Check it out. Who did you want for the Bears quarterback when it was Watson and Mahomes? And I think his name was Trubisky.
4: Honestly, that season, I didn't think the Bears were going to go QP round one. Uh, I know my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, projected the Bears were going to get Mahomes. Uh, and when I, if I remember that, I know. And he had him there, too. Well, I was like, kudos. Would have been a great pick at number three uh, for the Bears. I just, honestly, that year, I wasn't even anticipating quarterback. That's what shocked me the most about the Trubisky pick. Like I thought they drafted up and it was going to be like Solomon Thomas. Like, they're going defense. Jonathan Allen, however it's going to shake out. Then he go QB. They didn't think they're gonna do that for some reason. Twenty sixteen me, which I was in college. I was younger, a little bit more naive at the time. I was drinking, or at least buying what Ryan Pace is selling with that Mike Glennon. Uh, I was gonna say Kool Aid, but I, I think that was not palatable enough to be called that.
3: Oh wow, we have a we have a Glennon believer with us today, Verner. We That's- do not. No, that's not what I'm going to be known for <laughs> for a minute, for a minute, you were willing to give the bears the benefit of the doubt, uh, which is, that's a good bears fan right there. Uh, Hey, Will, appreciate you jumping on, man. I know this is in the middle of your day. You made time for us. We really, really appreciate it. The Chicago audible is awesome. I know you guys get a ton of downloads, but, uh, let's, let's add on. And so check it out for, uh, for the bear fan out there, or even just the NFL fan. A great, great, great pod. Thanks Mark. Appreciate that a lot. Thanks for coming on, Will. We will take a quick timeout, come back, and a wrap-up stack in the box. Brought to you by Manscaped, next.
1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Thanks again to our guy, Will DeWitt from the Chicago Audible. Big podcast today, Vernaram. Good to have you back, brother, by
2: the way. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. It's, uh, it's a good one to come back for, it's loaded. Yeah. Well,
3: in a second here and what's going on, maybe Verteran will share some of his vacation highlights, but let's do in or out. Uh, Travis Kelsey, we're starting with you. We'll have 1,500 receiving yards this year. Big year. It's certainly possible in or out.
2: I'm out, but I think it's interesting. Like last year, he led all tight ends by a wide margin. He had over 1,400 receiving yards. And it, and he didn't even play in Week 17. If he plays Week 17, he could have gotten to 1,500. could have been the first time ever that a that a tight end led the league in receiving yards. He ended up finishing second. He finished behind Stephon Diggs, who, of course, played Week 17. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see this. Obviously, we have an extra game this year. Now, if, if you're talking about tight ends in terms of just – what is who's the guy who's, who's had the most yards in a season for a tight end, okay? You start thinking about names like Kellen Winslow and Ozzie Newsome and Rob Gronkowski, right? You think about all those guys, and you say, well, somebody had to have had 1,500. Nope. nope. No tight end has ever had 1,500 yards in a season. It's never happened before. So if it happens this year, we're looking at history. In fact – Who's the all-time record holder for yards in a season for a tight end? It's Travis Kelsey last year, fourteen sixteen. okay? He's the only tight end to ever go over 1,400 yards. So can he go over 1,500? I'm out because to put back-to-back years like that together is just insane, even for a guy who now has had five straight years of 1,000 yards. So
3: let's see. Do the chiefs offense rely on Travis Kelsey more this year, plus the extra game, right? Let's go with the Inverterim. Let's let's, okay. let's go. Good trail. Let's have it. Let's you're, you're in your prime one more time. Let's dance with who brung you. If you will. Thank you very much, Travis, Kelsey, you and Patrick Mahomes are going to have a hell of a season. I'll take the in on that. Washington will have a top three defense in 2021 in or out.
2: That seems pretty tall. You're in. I'm in. I'm in. I think they're going to be really, really, really good defensively this season. That front four, all first-round picks, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. I love William Jackson the Third as a corner. They bring him in three-year deal. That's a really good defense, man, like a really, really good defense. First of all, I'm a huge believer in if you can get pressure you're a very good defense, right? Like Pittsburgh last year, when that when that group was healthy, why were they dominant? Because they would just beat the hell out of you up front, right? A couple of years ago, New England, if you remember, last year Brady was there. They started out really hot. They were just bringing pressure day and night. Now, I don't think Washington's going to have to bring a lot of blitzes because they're so good up front. The linebackers are okay. Look, Bostic's a decent enough player. I don't love their linebackers. But I love Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins at safety, William Jackson over at corner. That's a really good group, okay? And then they have Ben St. Juice, who's a rookie. I'm high on. I like him. So I think this is actually going to be a very, very good defense. And also, let's factor in, they're in a division with the rebuilding Eagles, okay, who have no offense. And the Giants have a lot of weapons, but Daniel Jones, who's always happy to throw two picks or fumble the ball twice or both. I like that group a lot.
3: Yeah, look, they were number two last year, and that division hasn't changed at all. And they're incredible, as you say, getting pressure. Uh, you, you look at the top three defenses last year, the Rams, the, the Washington football team, and the Steelers. I mean, they're like far and away, uh, which also plays into who they're going against, Styles, but they far and away as far as limiting yards through the air. So I, it's a fair take. I, I don't think it's time to take chips off the table. So I'll, I'll be in with you. Uh, let's go on to Sam Darnold. will play more than one year for Carolina. He actually shows up and becomes a fixture, perhaps with the Panthers in or out. I'm going to be in on this for the record. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm I betting really on Sam. a
2: lot about this, even though I'm the one to put on the rundown. I really went back and forth. I'm in as well. I, look, He's a guy who I've always thought has a lot of talent, but has just been beset by horrendous team management and, and coaching around him. And so if it's his own doing, you know, dumb turnovers. I think Matt Rule's a really good coach for him. And I like the weaponry around him, man. You bring in – you got a DJ Moore. You got Robbie Anderson, and of course, Darnold, play with, with the Jets. Christian McCaffrey, a, a decent offensive line. Like, I – I think he plays better this year. I'm not saying I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't think that. But I do think he makes enough strides this year that they pick up that fifty year option uh, and, and that they, they keep him. Now, for the record, okay, he's entering his fourth year. But Sam Darnold, only 24 years old, right, like a very young guy. And if you're the Panthers – who, by the way, I should mention, already picked up his fifth-year option, but it's only injury guaranteed, so they could they could cut him at any time after this year and not incur any issues. I think the Panthers will see enough in him to go, you know what? Okay. Even if maybe they draft a quarterback to sit behind him, I think he's at least there for a couple of years.
3: Yeah, I'm not – I don't – listen. They, 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 they took a shot at him for a reason. It wasn't just a complete uh, – you know, hey, there's nobody else out there. Let's just go get Sam Darnold. I think they see something. I think a lot of people see something in Sam Darnold. And then, of course, there's the Jets factor, which is enormous. So I'll be, I'm, I'm in there. And then Urban Meyer will coach more than 30 games for the Jaguars in or out. Uh, there are a lot of people predicting complete and utter disaster with Urban Meyer. Uh, look, man, you, you've got Trevor Lawrence. I, I think this is going to go better. Be at least okay for Urban that will be able to survive two seasons in Jacksonville. That I, I would be in.
2: I'm out. <laughs> I think he's there for a year. I think he's done it. I, I really not because they'll fire him. I think he's going to quit.
3: You think he took the job to coach there for one year?
2: No, I don't think he did that intentionally. But I think he is going to say this is no fun. This sucks. That's what I think he's going to say. Oof. Because okay. man, look, you go to that. And by the way, obviously, look, I'm I'm taking more of the the gambler side of this, because if you were a betting man, you would take the DB there for more than a year. My rationale is, and I wrote about this in my column on Monday, the stack in the box column over on fan side, please check it out. I wrote that if you go and look at the timeline since he got hired, it's been nothing but issues with him, right? Like they brought him in. He hires a coach to come in. That coach resigns the next day because of racism, allegations dating back to his time in college. Okay. Then they have an OTA violation where the team and he are combined fined three hundred thousand dollars. They draft Travis Etienne in the first round, who, by the way, might be great. But Meyer defends the pick because they already have James Robinson, who is a really good-looking young running back entering his second year. Shout out to Rockford, and and they they draft Travis Etienne. He's like, well, he's going to be a third-down back. You drafted a kid in the first round to be a third-down back on that team that just lost fifteen straight games. I mean, there's just so much that has gone into this. And I just think if you're Urban Meyer, you're looking at this going, man, like at Ohio State and at Utah and at Florida, I was the big man on campus. I could do whatever I wanted. I was the only guy getting paid there. Like my word was law. You know as well as I do. You've been around pro athletes. If he's really chewing out some veteran, they're going to turn around and be, look, man, I make three times as much as you. I don't need to listen to this crap. I don't care. I'm not some 18-year-old kid. You're not going to treat me like that. And I and I think you know there's a there's a big difference between what you can get away with as a college coach and a big high-profile one in a college town where you are the end-all, be-all. And when you go to a pro sport, where they, they don't care. Steve Spurrier found that out. Nick Saban found that out. I think Irvin yeah. Meyer is about to find out the same thing.
3: Right, but he's not in Dallas. He's not in Chicago. He's not in New York.
2: I mean, Miami ja- with Nick Saban like that's true that's that's fine i, mean, I that's, grant you Jacksonville is right it is probably the most laid back in the markets I, I agree with you but man it's still the NFL
3: yeah no that's true and there's a lot of attention at, at even Bobby on Bobby Petrino yeah sure sure he, he's not it's not like he's going to be able to hide out and be terrible and no one's going to say anything but I, I do I mean you, you put it at 30 games I, I got to I'm a very I'm a conservative car I got to take the in on that one all right VerM talk to me what's going on in the life how was the vacation I know football's the, back this weekend and you're excited
2: the vacation was beautiful 20 days of bliss I uh, went to Connecticut for the first five days uh, I drove out met my wife and daughter who flew into Hartford and then we we drove to uh, the family's small and I mean small cottage in fact it was funny it was about 96 degrees up there and this cottage was built in the 1800s Right. So it obviously was not built with central air. So we're all sitting there talking. My parents are up there with us. It's the five of us. I said, look, we got to it. Cause we we're going to go to the beach in, in Rhode Island. We we're going to drive a 45 minute trip. It's over to watch over Rhode Island. So my dad wanted to be there because it, Maisie's like the fourth generation of us that have all gone to this beach. And this, this th- there's a carousel there, which is the oldest carousel in the United States. Right. So that was amazing. Love that by the way, huge fan. And We're sitting there just frying in this house. We're like, well, we got to do something. But the house is so damn old. Like if you turn on a light fixture and then you also turn the microwave on, like the lights dim. So we took a chance. We bought three air conditioners and jammed them in this house. Somehow it worked. So it ended up being beautiful. We had a great time, a lot of fun. My wife and I went to Fenway Park, caught a Red Sox game. I I always wanted to go see a game at Fenway. uh, So that was cool. Eight rows off the field, right behind the pesky pole, um, and then went to New York for essentially you know twelve or thirteen days. Uh, stayed at the family lake house, which was nice. Might be the last time we ever do it. The lake house might be uh, out of our family's hands here after this year. So we really got to enjoy that quite a bit. Went up to Cooperstown with uh, my buddy, and uh, bought bought some baseball cards. Also, randomly at Cooperstown, bought a Walt Clyde Frazier autographed Knicks jersey. So. Very happy about that. We'll frame that up, put it down here in the basement. But it was a great time, man. Had a lot of fun. Went to an Italian bakery, which, by the way, for the love of God out in the Midwest, bakeries, delis, get more of them. Went there, loaded up on black and white cookies. Oh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm jealous,
3: man. It sounds incredible. Although the the way you started out with the cabin and 100 degrees and 7,000 people, it I wasn't was, it
2: wasn't looking good early,
3: but we turned yeah, it no, around. Yeah, no, you were, you were, you were. I would, I would have freaked. Uh where is, where's the comfort in? Is Poppy
2: still alive? I need to know this. Three weeks later. Uh, well, hang on. Just, just talk to yourself. Hang on. All right, because for anyone who hasn't been following along with this, Carm got a dog Poppy with his wife who almost. Corm named this thing almost named it like three different times, so uh, apparently the dog is is alive and well. Though we might get visual proof here in a second. If you're uh, listening to the podcast, we're also on air now. There is Poppy. My God, the dog! I, the dog hasn't moved since so you've been We holding do it so have. hoping there's still movement out of this animal. We have, um, lot,
3: we have a lot. We have a live Poppy, the puppy, here on
2: All right, all oh, those movement. We have confirmation. Concom- oh, make, look at that! So cute.
3: her debut. Your
2: there she is. <laughs> to get me off this camera. Very cute, yeah, hanging so out so. in the fan-sided office. Love hanging,
3: it. Hanging out, she's uh, she's buddies with Hill. She's buddies. She's buddies with Selkie. Uh, she's doing ones and twos in Patrick's office. Um, Good. I think she's Good. doing a great job as
2: well. He deserves. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, so anything, anything, new with you the last couple uh, of uh, weeks? So you've been holding so, it down the podcast.
3: No, I just I the the biggest uh and yeah by the way thank you to uh Matt Lombardo for jumping on. Yes, uh, did seriously. did a great job. And yeah, we we love Matt and Matt does a great job on his own podcast as well in the stacking the box network. Uh let me I'm trying to think. Um Don't hurt. Let's yourself. See, let's, let's see Vertaram, You know, I've been playing a lot of tennis and it's been a lot of losses lately. And um it's not good. I I got demoted off the from singles to doubles. I, I, it was, I had to watch the guys play one, one and two singles this past week. They put me on the doubles court with Duan and then me and Duan got smoked at doubles. So this is, you know, it's going the wrong way here, which is why Man. I think I, I might have to adjourn and take a week off here and go back to tennis camp with my guy Bill Perlmutter up in northern Michigan. Uh, so we're looking at some trips here for myself because I need to, uh, you know, get my own reset going on. And I guess the most exciting thing is I have uh, got the plane ticket uh, ready to go. Uh, multiple plane tickets as I am a Southwest uh, uh, credit card holder. So you can book these things and pick and choose, but uh, I'm definitely going to the first week of uh, the U S open the end of August. So uh, I
2: I will be spending some New York time myself. I hope you get another thing that the Midwest just decides not to get a slice of pizza and not the whole damn. No, there's
3: lots of slices.
2: That's bullshit. There are not. It drives me crazy. You know, I live in a city of 150,000 people. You there's live in what? There's one place that does pizza by the slice. It's a gas station. Yeah, you, live in, yeah, you live in Rockford. It's one of the worst cities in all of America. Hey, what do you expect? No. Hey, <laughs> go to hell. Rockford's fine. I will defend. Right. And I'm not even from Rockford. I don't give a crap. You can crap on all you want. I Look, I'm not. I'm not saying it. If you even in the- Chicago, though, not a whole lot of pizza. You can't go to Lou Malnati's and just get a slice. That's true. You can't. It's ridiculous. You I, can't go to Giordano's and get a slice. And by the way, out on that's the not East Coast, true. you
3: you you can go to Giordano's and get a slice, especially the one on Rush. You can do that. Don't don't lie to these people. That no, would well
2: that that's news to me. I'll be that is news to me. Worst but cities coast, in get, America. You can get all kind. You, get, all, you get taco pizza. You can get all kinds of different kinds of. You can get all different types. You come out here, and it's like, oh, you like a pizza? Here it is. It's lasagna, and it's an entire pie, and it's $27. So when you go to New York, get yourself a slice, get yourself a $9 bottle of water, and relax and enjoy the tennis. Uh, y-
3: yes, I'm, I'm going to have lots of slices, and I'm going go to go eat my. Get, get my chocolate chip cookie at Levain's Bakery, and I'm going to have my cheeseburger at J.G. Melon's, and I'm going to get a bagel in a million different places. New York's the greatest, and – but a nice slice or a big pie of Chicago pizza is most definitely better. But I love them both. So there's nothing, I, I, You'll never get me to uh, dog on, on the on the on the on the slice of pizza, especially bought in, in in the New York area. I'm looking for the rankings here as we're closing up here on Rockford. If it does make the top 50 worst cities in America, you're not in the top. We're down to the 28, which is now 27 is Albany, Georgia. 26 College Park, Georgia. Well, some Georgia's place... really,
2: really popular in that list, something fierce.
3: Robstown, Texas is 24. Uh, a couple of places in Hawaii have made the list here. Here's some in Louisiana, Fireball, California, Benton Harbor, Michigan, where you're you're surviving your Detroit, Michigan is 18. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that, that hurts. All these other ones are like real small cities.
3: <laughs> East St. Louis is not Rockford, but there's an Illinois. Uh, we just passed by F- Flint, Michigan was 11. Uh, you might survive this
2: ramp. This area of the country is getting a lot of attention though. i going to tell you.
3: Yeah. 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 Also well, Alabama's all over the place here. Um, a lot of places in Hawaii, California city, California, Florida city, Florida, and Mendota, California. Rockford is not in the top 50 worst cities. Okay. I apologize to Rockford Thank and everybody you. else who lives in Rockford and, and to all the fine people at be for Roo.
2: Rockford's actually like look, I'll say this, there are parts of Rockford that are not not doing great, okay? But I got to tell you, man, I actually really enjoy living in Rockford. <laughs> I really do. Hey, really no, I
3: listen, I I've told you many times. I had a roommate for 5 years who grew up in Rockford. She loves Rockford, Illinois. I wouldn't go that
2: far. I enjoy it. Well, I'm just telling you, she,
3: she loved it. Uh, all right,
2: enough about Rockford. Nobody yeah. cares. Look, I, I, I enjoy it, but I, I also can understand why why people would uh, would have mean things to say. But I, I'll defend Rockford, Illinois, where I, I did not grow up, but where I now live.
3: Thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. On that note, liking, subscribing, rating, we love all of you, and we will see you next
1: week.